Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator from IndieWire, Eric Cohn. And tonight's guests, Lynn Shelton, Emily Blunt, and Rosemary DeWitt. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, thank you. Awesome. Good to see <laughs> I thought you were talking to them. <laughs> How are you guys doing? How are you doing? Cameras. Cameras. <laughs> so, Lynn, uh, a couple years ago you made a movie called Hump Day about two guys in a very awkward sexual situation. And as you can tell from the trailer, you've now made another movie about a couple people in a sort of awkward sexual situation. So what's the through line here? What's so appealing to you about this kind of, of uh, Why scenario? do you like awkward sex, sex so much? <laughs> awkward sex. Um, Let's get right into it. <laughs> it's not really what the movie is about. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. There is one brief scene. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested in how people relate to one another. Um, and how they actually relate to themselves in relation, sort of how their sense of self changes in relation to other people. Um, and I think that the relationships that intrigue me the most are the ones that are more difficult, that are not easy, you know? People who really, really, really want to connect and then for whatever reason can't because of various complications. So that is this movie in spades. There's all kinds of combinations. Um, the friendship between Emily Blunt's character and Mark Duplass's, their best friends. Um, their relationship actually has a lot of different layers and complications that are hidden. Um, and these two sisters, Rosemary DeWitt and Emily Blunt, play two sisters who are also, uh, you know, they, on the surface, when you first see them, they're just so happy to see each other. And it's just such a clear connection and clear, deep bond. But there's all kinds of layers of issues and baggage and stuff, you know, juicy stuff in there. And that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of uh, content that really interests me as a filmmaker. And to hear you talk about it, it's clear you have a very tight control over the material. I mean, you know essentially what, what you want to happen, not only point A to point B, but sort of what's going on beneath the surface. And yet you have this very heavily improvised style, which I don't know if you can really tell from the trailer because it really does seem polished in, in a way that people take for granted. So can you talk about sort of how you got into using this approach and from your last film to this film, did it evolve in any particular way? Um, yeah, Hump Day was made in a, in a similar fashion in that I, with both films, I asked the actors into the process really early on before the whole plot and the whole script was hammered all out and I knew who the characters were because I wanted them to help inform who the characters were gonna be, what the backstories were, the relationships. Um, and the process is that over the course of several months, I have a lot of conversations, but you know, once every few weeks, you know, we would get on the phone and have conversations and kind of spitball about ideas, you know, what might be the various backstories. And it's a lot of sharing, a lot of personal storytelling um, from our own lives and friends and families, second and third hand stories, you know, and we're, it all just kind of gets poured into the pot. And then I, I kind of take what's useful, you know? I'm, I'm like listening to the little voice saying, yeah, that's really fascinating, but it's not gonna work for this story, you know? And I'm sort of paring down and trying to find the things that are really gonna work. So ultimately, I'm, I'm really collaborative and I want it to be a very organic process, but ultimately I wanna have the control over what it is that is gonna add up to the film. And then on set, we have, we're all on the same page, we know structurally what has to happen in each scene and from scene to scene, but I wanna give the actors as much freedom as possible to, put the dialogue into their own words because it makes it, 
fresh and dynamic. You know, there's something that happens with improv that you just can't get any other way. That, that there's a sort of vitality to it that's really nice that I like. I want to bring the actors into this discussion, obviously, because you're talking about what a collaborative process it is. And it's particularly interesting because the two of you have both done theater. You've both done various different kinds of projects. But I don't see anything else in your fil filmography that really has this particular approach to improvisation. I mean, I know you, Rosemary. You haven't looked that deeply <laughs> then. Because my first film was all improvised. Really, it, it was interesting because my very first film that I did was uh, terrifying in many ways because it was all improvised and there was a sort of outline for each scene but we'd show up each day not really knowing what we'd shoot. It's this little film called My Summer of Love and it's a real gem and it's really... You've seen it! Oh, awesome. See I love that haven't. people have seen it because I, I really love the movie. I think it's really special and... Um, so I have really hadn't worked like that for about eight years and I was desperate to have that experience again and also daunted by it because it really stretches your acting muscles you know, or your everything muscles because it's so, you have to be so in it, you have to be so submerged in the process and there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it because you're writing and it's falling out of your mouth and it's happening in the moment and um, but I, I can see the benefits when you see a movie like Hump Day that Lynn did. You, it is the spontaneity of those moments are so golden and they're so special. You never get it with a scripted dialogue. So I was excited to work with Lynn in that way. Um, in, yeah, for sure. Okay, so I know about that movie. I did not know it was improvised. <laughs> oh, okay. It worked. Um, Good. <laughs> so, so, is there is there a, a sense of, of insecurity when you're doing this? Of, I mean, you were, you were talking about this a little bit just now, but I mean, knowing that this scene needs to accomplish a certain thing, I mean, how much of that are you processing in the moment? Well, I think you do because you have to be aware of the points that you need to make in the scene. I mean, there was a clear outline for the movie, and um, so the expositional moments you had to hit, you had to be aware of them, but not make them heavy-handed in some way, and also you know, you feel like a bit sticky sometimes having to write the improv. So it was just trying to find your feet in those moments. And we were given so much time and we were given the right environment to do so. But I think there is a certain insecurity because you feel a bit untethered, you know, that you don't have the dialogue to fall back on um, or, or, the, or the prep time. But you see the benefits of not overthinking anything, actually, because what you end up with is something that's quite nuanced and ambiguous without having been thought out, you know. Um, what do you think? I mean, I think neither of us were veterans at improv and Mark Duplass is a real pro. Well, Rosemary, I, I was thinking about with uh, Rachel getting married, my understanding is Jonathan Demi did some really interesting sort of documentary style uh, work with that film that there, there was a heavy improvisational element. So I was thinking about, is there, was there any sort of interesting contrast between those two experiences for you? We didn't do much improvising on that film, but what is a gift to actors is to have multiple cameras running at the same time because, you know, we could be doing a scene uh, that requires, like, a lot of back and forth, a lot of give and take, and it's all being captured. You know, there's, there, we were talking earlier today, there was something, Emily has this beautiful moment on screen where she just is so embarrassed that she blushes. And after we played it out and the scene happened, she looked over to the camera guy. She's like, you got that right? <laughs> because I can't do that again, I don't think. Because so much of what happens in these kind of movies happens really only once for the first time. Because you can, you know, it's our job as actors to repeat, especially when you have a script. But you kind of have time to figure out 
the muscles that you need to repeat. And in this environment, it happens once, and you're like, well, I don't know if I can do it that exact way. But what's great about the container of a film like this, anything that really happens is interesting. If it truly happens, Lynn wants to find it and juxtapose it against other moments that are really happening, rather than, and there's value to all different kinds of things. And I, Jonathan's, we were pretty faithful to the script there, but sometimes we had like three to five cameras in the scene catching everybody. So we were, oh, it was a little bit more like live theater. So we were all in the same scene on that take, where usually when you go see movies, Every, every moment is a scene from, none of the actors were in that exact scene because, yeah. Well, and, and in, in this particular method, I can imagine why, you know, if you only have, say, one camera running and the take feels great for one actor and not so great for the other one, you kind of have to work on it a little while and figure out, you know, what the priority really is for everybody involved, right? And then you have an actor, you know, someone knows it was great for them, and then they turn it around on you, and then the actor's trying to give you so much, so then it's great for you too, but it's not what it was. And you're like, no, don't give me so much, just do what you were doing before. But it's hard. Yeah. Well, I think this relates to the way that you work, which is something that's sort of lost in this conversation, is that you work in genre. Um, you make comedies, at least your last two movies have been very funny, even though they have dramatic elements to it. You're making a, a face like you don't want to be called a comedy filmmaker, but it's a very funny We, we didn't think, think it was a comedy when we were making it, so... No, I mean, we really... Play, the, I think the difference is, and the reason I like to call my, my work dramatic comedy as opposed to just comedy, is because... I mean, I think, like, five-year engagement is a comedy. It's yeah. a, definitely a comedy. Um, and they used a lot of improvisation, too, as I understand, but they're really... I think there's... there's um, if our, our film, we, we weren't going for the laughs when we were actually, we understood there was territory, we understood that there might be humor in there, but that was the farthest thing from our minds when we were actually in the scene. We're, we're really taking it, we're playing it dead straight, like dead on. The characters are deadly serious. And I noticed that some of the scenes that were the most dramatic on set <laughs> to film are the ones that get the biggest laughs. I mean, the, I was flabbergasted. Yeah. Like, I was almost, like, offended for my character that people were laughing. I'm pouring my heart out, and the audience is laughing. We had no idea yeah. that it was funny when we were doing it. It's, it's definitely true that audience plays another character in the movie, and um, I think that what makes people laugh is actually what they recognize in themselves, because I think when you work in this style, there's a messiness and an awkwardness to it. To you know, that's very human. That's very true to life. And so I think people recognize that, and they go, "Oh my God, that's so what I would do," or that you know. And I think that's what is funny about it is the recognition. Yeah. And there's sometimes this cringing at the same time, cringing. you know, and like, oh, you know, you feel for them at the same time that you're laughing because you've got their perspective. Um, let's talk about Mark Duplass for a second. Uh, for those who don't know, Mark. Mark who? And his <laughs> and where is that guy? Um, he sucks. <laughs> He's having a baby. He's having He's a, a baby. Yeah. <laughs> hiding, in, hiding in Hollywood uh, with his brother Jay. And for those who don't know, Mark and Jay uh, are largely responsible for bringing a really interesting strain of improvisational filmmaking to Hollywood over the last few years, making movies like Cyrus and Jeff Who Lives at Home that opened last week. And my understanding is that had a big influence on you at a certain point in time when you uh, decided to work with Mark uh, on, on Not Cyrus and Jeff who lives at home. No, I mean, really, the, the, puffy in, their, chair. their approach, yeah, in, yeah, in the puffy chair. Sure. I mean, I saw puffy chair after my first 
feature, actually after I'd shot my second feature already, but we were, we were basically doing the same thing. So by the time we met, we just hit it off as filmmakers because we had such a similarity and such a commonality in uh, philosophies as filmmakers and loved the, you know, the collaborative process and loved improvisation and you know, blah, 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 blah. So we just, we really hit it off. And then I actually got to see him act. He was, because he's sort of one of those um, disgustingly talented, multi-talented people. So not only is he a great writer and director, but he's also a really brilliant actor. And I got to see him in action because I was a set photographer. I volunteered to be a set photographer on the set of this independent film just basically so I could, you know, bond with and hopefully, you know, make, eventually work with Mark. But I, after watching him act, I really, really wanted to work with him more than ever because he's just such a generous, uh, elastic, performer, but also really generous with the other actors who are, he's working with, and it seemed to bring the best out of all of the other performers, and just exactly the kind of actor I wanted to work with. So, um, yeah, so, and, and actually this film came from an idea that he and Jay had in their vault of potential films they might make someday, and um, he sort of realized, they, I think they realized that having to, um, the, at the core, a guy who'd lost his brother just was going to be a little too close to home for them, and so he called me up and said, how would you like to I think I have a really interesting kernel for a night idea of a movie. How would you like to, you know, direct me in a movie again? We had a good time with Hump Day. So um, that's kind of where it all started. So yeah, I mean, the movie wouldn't exist at all without, without Mark, so. And how familiar were you guys with the sort of thing that Mark and, and what the Duplass brothers have been doing over the last few years? I mean, obviously, it's a different sort of tradition, and as we said before, and, and um, you know, he's not a conventional actor, although now obviously he's on TV and, and doing all these other things. I mean, his, his roots are as a filmmaker, as far as I, I understand. Yeah, no, I was very familiar when uh, they lost an actor three days before they started shooting this movie, and they were going through the list of names of who can we get, who can we get, and Lynn said, well, maybe we can get Rose, and Mark said, oh, she'll definitely do it if she's available, and Lynn said, why? He's like, because she accosted me in an airport in New Orleans, saying, like, oh my God, I love your work, you're so amazing, and I did, and I do, I, I, I so respond to this level of truthiness in filmmaking, and uh, just honesty, and I just wanted to be able to be a part of it. Is the same for you? Um, I I um, hadn't seen Mark until I saw Hump Day, and then uh, my agent Chris called me and he said Lynn Shelton wants to talk to you, and I said, "Do you mean Hump Day, Lynn Shelton?" And she, he was like, "Yeah." So she called and um, and I strolled around the backyard on the phone to her. And it was a very easy yes, and I think I'd seen the magic of Hump Day, and I wanted to be a part of that in some way. And um, so I thought Mark was brilliant in it, and it was very reassuring, actually, being on set with him and working in this style and having him say, you know, this is it, this is great, you got it, don't worry. And me and Rose were like, is this it? I mean, we don't know, you know. Because you, you do feel so out there, you know, and exposed in some ways. and. Um, and he was very reassuring in being able to tell us, no, this is it, this is the process. It gets made in the editing room. Lynn's an editor, that's how it works. And so he just is a pro and he's very, um, he's a real confidence booster as well. Now, Lynn, for where you're at right now, I mean, when you have actors saying they saw Hump Day and they wanted to work with you, I mean, obviously that gives you the sort of confidence that what you're doing is, has a certain payoff, that, that people like what you're doing. I know you're shooting a film right now in Seattle, um, what, what, is, what is keeping you still in, in this sort of process as opposed to, say, you know, trying to, 
trying to change things up and you know working on a more conventionally scripted thing or you know doing that whole Hollywood studio thing or, or whatever. Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing: it's, it would be difficult. I know the Duplass brothers have done it, so there is a way to do it um, to make a bigger budgeted film with this with this sort of method, but they, their, their method's a little different than mine because I like to, again, I like to attach names. I like to actually get the actors in early on before there's a script, which is not a, the usual, usually when you're trying to put together a movie in the Hollywood fashion, you have to have a script first. <laughs> and then you're attaching names, and then you're going from there. And so I like to work in a little bit more of an organic way. I mean, my, my favorite way to make a movie is to call up my friends and say, hey, I'm making a movie this spring. You want to come and be a part of it? including the cast, including the, 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 the crew, everybody, and then we all just show up on set and make the movie. Um, and so uh, that's a, a big, that's a, you know, and, and I, neither your sister, sister, nor Humpty, I think, could have ma been made in a, in a more traditional Hollywood fashion. Again, because it, it was an ever-evolving animal, you know, um, and, and there wasn't really ever a proper script. You know, this one had like a 70-page sort of script mint but it wasn't ever a full-on script. So um, it would have been difficult to, to put it together in the traditional way. And so I, that's, I, that's why I'm drawn you know, to the sort of smaller scale. And then, because I really am looking for that genuine, that, that special something that you, you get with this process, which is just an unorthodox process. It's hard to, it's hard to sort of make that mesh with, with uh, the way tradi traditional Traditionally, movies are put together, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Uh, we'll go to questions in just a second, but I'd like to pose a similar question to you guys as actors. I mean, having a career in this line of work where you have an agent, you have people who are considering all these different uh, possibilities for you, and the more that you work, obviously, the more people start to assume that you're good with this or that kind of project. Is there any way that you create sort of a safety valve or so, some sort of assurance that you'll still be able to do these kind of uh, you know, off-the-beaten-path type projects? Um, what is your safety valve? I don't, I don't really have one and I don't, I mean, I, I love the choices that are out there. I love the variety. I, I, I want to try and be as versatile as possible and I think that that, that means that you need <laughs> someone representing you like my great agent who knows you really well and knows the measure of you really well and he reads everything. That's why I've ended up in smaller movies because he knows that those are the gems that I love and for me it's all about the part and trying to mix it up and I, I think as an actor you have this bag of tricks that you don't ever want to know the bottom of, you know, and I think that for me that's the fun part, you know, that, that there's so much out there and I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss out on an experience because something else feels a little safer. You know, I, I enjoy every realm, every genre of it, you know. Okay, so do we have questions from the, from the crowd here? I think we have somebody with a mic. Yep, right over here. Hi. Hi, Emily. Hi. Hello. I just want to say I'm a, a big, big fan of your husband, John. Um, <laughs> of your husband? Oh, okay. <laughs> but, We're starting with that, all right. Um, I'm sorry question? he's not here. <laughs> Can we get to it? <laughs> Not too long ago, you did a movie about sisters with Amy Adams, Sunshine Cleaning, and I was just curious if that had any effect on your portrayal of Iris. Um, 
what, I didn't, I honestly didn't think of it in those terms, um, truthfully. Because uh, I think they're very different films and they're quite different relationships in a way. But um, I loved working with Amy. She's one of my favorite actors, favorite people on the planet. And she, I, I could watch her in anything. I could watch her till the sky goes dark every day. But, um, and it was great to get to play sisters because we both have sisters and we understand the intricacy of that relationship. And I feel the same about this. I mean, um, I think I, I have sisters so with it, and I understand how complex and how rich that relationship is and um, the dynamics are ever changing. I feel like my sisters have broken my heart in the past. They've also emboldened me to be more than I thought I could be and it's, it's a really great relationship. And so I didn't actually relate the two but now that you've said it, um, no, I didn't, I didn't relate the two, but I feel every movie I go through, I think it's an unconscious thing of how much I learn from it. And it just, I feel very lucky to have played all of these different people. I feel like it's, it's helped me out a lot. I feel that exploration of that human experience every day is, has been really helpful to me. So maybe, maybe I didn't realize it had informed it, but Maybe it did. Who knows? Other questions? Back there. Um, other than going to Union Square with a styrofoam cup and a sign that says I'm homeless, please help support my short film, how can I get funding? <laughs> it's a funding question. It's a funding question? Yeah. Yeah, he's... It, he, he stands around Union Square with a sign saying oh. he needs money for his short film, so... <laughs> Have you heard of Kickstarter? <laughs> there might be a little bit more. Um, I, well, I made a couple of films actually um, that I I wrote. I sort of I live in Seattle, and I wrote a couple of grants. I mean, they weren't for an enormous amount of money, but I wrote a grant, you know, that I got from the city. I got another grant from the county, um, and then I sort of passed the hat like you did. Um, but there are ways. There are really effective ways to do that, and. I, if Kickstarter hadn't existed back then, but if it had, I would have probably done a Kickstarter campaign. I mean, I think it's a fantastic, I know so many people who have funded their films through Kickstarter. But it starts with making a script that's really doable and that's really uh, uh, for, for a small amount of money. Because there are some very simple elements. I can give you the recipe. They are, don't have very many characters, have two or three characters. Um, you, can't, you can't do every kind of movie this way, by the way. It's hard to do action films, it's hard to do sci-fi films, hard to do period films. Um, but if you want to make a movie in under a couple of weeks, um, this is what you do. Keep your character you know, list short, um, and then keep your location list really short as well. This movie is basically one location and three characters. And I've made three movies that way in a row, <laughs> um, all on purpose. And, uh, and then you also, what else, what else, what else? Oh yeah. Fewer scenes where more things take place. So, so you have longer, fewer scenes. The more scenes you have, the more times a day, the more locations, the more characters, the more setups, and the more days of production you have. And each day of production is going to add to your, you know, to your budget. Um, and then once, if it's contained, if you don't have very many locations and so on, then you don't have to have a huge crew. We had 13 people on our crew, which is minuscule. And I mean, Hump Day was like six people or something crazy. I mean, it really, it, it's really, you can do it for a really small amount uh, of people. Again, it's not, it's not, you can't tell every story this way, but you can tell some pretty compelling character-driven stories. Um, and so if you're interested in making that kind of a film, then you don't need to raise as much money. 
and it and have and not having to have not having to raise a lot of money is awesome because it gives you total creative freedom. You know, it gives you the most freedom to be to to do whatever you want and to take giant risks because what are the, the stakes are low enough that if you fall on your face, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you can just sort of sweep it under the rug and no one will be the wiser. You know, um, so it's it's really a nice way, especially if you're starting out. You know, to to, to work. And are you sticking to those rules on your next movie? No. I've made three movies in a row that way. And so this movie is actually my first film. I'm, I'm making, I, I just finished shooting my first week um, on a new film that's going to be 20 days instead of, I mean, this was shot on 12 and other movies I've made 10. Hump Day was 10 days and one was just like a week and a half, a week and a half a day. Um, and so this one has like 20 days. It's a four-week schedule. There's multiple storylines and multi an ensemble cast. So it's a little bit of a bigger one, but I feel like maybe I've earned it by now. It's my fifth feature, so. So sue me. <laughs> All right. Question back there. Um, hi. I wanted to know how many cameras did you use and which cameras? Uh, we used digital cameras, yeah. the, um, HD cameras. She asked about what kind of cameras we used. And how many? And there were two. There were pretty much two all the time, except occasionally we didn't have enough room or something, you know. So we'd use one. But usually we always had two. And the idea was that um, all, you know, Rose was talking about how great it is to have multiple cameras so that you're everybody is on camera all the time. And I love that. I really love love that. And it also means that you don't have to hopefully completely replicate an improvisation, you know, twice because you have all the reactions to all of the lines, you know, um, everybody's reactions to everything. So two cameras are great. Anybody else back there? Are there any projects that um, you guys may have had a chance to be in and passed on and kind of regretted it? I can't think, actually. I don't know. I, I mean... No, I, I don't think so. I think there's projects I haven't got, <laughs> which is another thing if you're in the running and you don't get them. But I'm not, I've really always been a very fatalistic person in this business and I try never to dwell or worry about that kind of thing. If you don't get it, there's a reason for it and it may be something personal, it may be something that something in your life personally is about to happen or whatever. Um, so I, I haven't felt too regretful about anything that has either come my way or I've missed out on. Or I, I haven't. I don't think I have that feeling. No, I think, and it goes back to the other question too about the security valve. I think, but I think the the projects choose you as much as yeah, you yeah. choose the projects. There's people that you're meant to meet in your life and work with, and sometimes it's mm -hmm. because you fall in love with someone, or mm -hmm. you know, you never know why that this script is in your lap. But, um, so I don't think you can, and I don't know that if you ever do pass on something and somebody else has tremendous success with it, it's because it was their job all along. Exactly. So. Hi, um, so coming into a heavily improvised movie, how are your character preparations different than for a future film um, where I guess the studio, you know, kind of gives you a more basic idea? Um, I think it might be a little different for Rose and I because in, in, in this case, because I had the advantage of months, or maybe not the advantage, but it was great at the time, it seemed great, um, uh, of uh, 
months in advance, about eight and nine months of speaking to Lynn and Mark and the other actor we had on the phone and sharing stories and backstories and characters and, and how would this work and what about this? And the collaborative process felt very effective for me to feel very ingrained in that character. And by the time I showed up, I felt like I had something to cling to, you know, which was some kind of backstory that we created, that I understood fully, that I wasn't trying to make sense of a script or a sense of a scene or someone else's words. And so in that sense, it felt very personal, you know. Um, but Rose came onto it like three days before we started shooting, like a complete hero. Yeah, and we lost. for her, it was like, fly by the seat of your <laughs> pants, like, don't overthink anything. And so, and she was just, for me, it was like someone threw me into a very deep <laughs> pool and said, go for it, kid. Um, but I think that was also lucky because sometimes you would feel daunted by the task of improvising or the role if you felt like you weren't, what you didn't know who the character was. And um, in this case, I, I wasn't able to overthink it and I had two generous actors to work with and a really confident director to so that everybody on set was like, yeah, that's right, that's what we've been talking about, and you know, and yeah, that's not what we were talking about, but that'll work too, so. You realize working this way is sometimes so much better not to overthink anything and over prep stuff, because the golden moments came out from a very unplanned scenario, you know, always in this movie. This, the most special moments in it just took you by surprise as you were in them, you know, so I think I learned a great deal about not, um, overthinking, I think, on this movie. We have uh, two more questions. Hi, um, I'm a Meisner trained actor, so I'm excited to hear about this organic and uh, improvised you know, film shooting process. Um, my question is, is uh, you talked about like, how you guys um, talk about the details over the phone and you, know, sh you shaped it before shooting, but is there, um, you guys did, did you guys get together for a rehearsal and uh, go over some exercises? If so, is there any exercises that you love to give the actors? Or? No. <laughs> no, no rigorousness at all. Emily um, and I would sometimes do that heartbeat exercise, you know, where you just like <laughs> and then the mirror. Send the pulse we around. Play trust, trust games where you know, back <laughs> she'd catch me. Yeah. Sometimes I'd hear in the I morning going, ah, <laughs> Topeka Bodega, Topeka Bodega. Yeah, <laughs> You don't want to rehearse, certainly, because the whole point of improvisation is that oftentimes the very first time is the best, and you yeah. want to be—you basically want to be shooting the rehearsal. Um, and we did. And you did. Yeah, we did. Um, and so we we would talk endlessly. So we talked, as Emily mentioned, we would talk over the course of several months, and it was only—it was like for an hour every few weeks or whatever. It wasn't, but it was always percolating, you know, even when we weren't talking. And then on set, when the when the crew was relighting. We would be the actors and I would be off in a corner, you know. Okay, where are we at? What's going again. on? Talk, 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 talk. <laughs> making sure we're all on the same page. And it's like it really is because there's so many things that have to be happening. You have to be really fully engaged in what's going on, and but you also have to be part of your brain has got to be thinking about where, how are we going to get from point A to point B to point C to the end? And it's like passing a soccer ball down the field. You've got to set the next person up so they can set you up so you can get to the goal, you know? And so, um, yeah, that was our approach, is just a lot of talking. And then just putting them out there, throwing them out there and throwing the cameras on and saying, okay, it's, it balls in your court, you know, go. And, and then I would just, because I'm t shooting digitally, I can just let the cameras roll and, they, and I'm gonna 
be sharpening it up in the edit room, and they know that. So they can take their time. They can meander. They can kind of go off a little bit and come back around to what the scene is. They don't have to write it perfectly. And they know they can just, like, they can get ache on their face. They can fail. It's, you know, and I'm never going to embarrass them on screen, you know? So um, I, d I should mention that Nat Sanders was my editor. He also edited Hump Day with me. And uh, that process is incredibly important. Uh, it's, it's the sort of the key of where the film is really ultimately written is in the edit room. It's a lot like a documentary in that way. Um, so you could make like 100 different films out of the material that we shot. And some of those movies could have been very, very bad. But luckily, they didn't turn out that way. And last question, and way in the back. Hi. Uh, my name is Mix. I'm a writer-director uh, myself. Uh, kind of feels the, the, the more you grow, the less you've understood before, actually. So my question is uh, to all these talented people, to the director and actresses. Uh, first one would be, how, uh, Lynn, how do you approach, if you feel that the scene is not working, I assume you would you probably suit most of them, uh, film most of them in, a, in sequence because you're improvising. So how, how do you approach the actors if you feel it's really not working and if you want the scene to be more about the subtext, but let's say the subtext, you don't want it to be on the nose, and how would you direct them? And to the actresses, I would have a question, uh, similar one, is there anything annoying that the directors sometimes, if you feel done to you in the past, you know, you know the, the most... When they hit guess, you, it's annoying. When they're like, that was bad. <laughs> you, know? you know, like they would try to act it out. Oh, do it like this. That would be, you know, it's an example. It's a whole can of worms. Yeah. How, how long do you have? <laughs> how long actually? you got? Or maybe just short. And, and maybe With Lynn, we didn't have any criticism because she is so attuned to what is necessary at the time and... You know, we, she just let that camera roll. We had so much freedom, and she delicately come in like this kind of conductor and be like, "This was great. Go off on that. Maybe lose that. We can just keep it on this through line." And she was so incredibly helpful in that way. Um, but I'll let you. Anyway, yeah, I'll, I can't we'll finish the rest that one, and then we'll let you go. Cause and then we'll come back to the, the first irritating one. director question because yeah. that is fantastic. Um, no, no, but that on the irritating director, I feel okay, like good, I've. Yeah. I've learned that some of my favorite directors, including Lynn, let the actors find the scene. Like, let them take a stab at it. Time. Yeah, a time or two before they come in with their list of all the things they'd love to see be happening because it's hard to process the notes. And at the same time, you want to hear it and take it and forget it and allow some spontaneous thing to happen. So I, I think some of the best directors sort of hover and watch and wait. And then once the actors have some, some kind of ground beneath their feet, they start coming in with ideas. And that's all we need to say yeah. about that. And then, I think that's great advice. I, and, and being open, as the director, being open to the fact that it's going to evolve. You, know? you don't want to go in there with a perfect, like the movie already having played in your head and like the actors like little puppets, you know? Because you can't really make them puppets as much as you would like to sometimes. You, you can't do that. It doesn't work very well. Um, and so, yeah, no, being open to what they're going to bring and how that scene might evolve and not get freaked out about it. I mean, this is all very challenging for me because I really am a control freak. And I don't know if I could do this if I didn't, if I didn't know that at the end of the road I'd be able to be in the edit room and be the ultimate control freak again and take the reins completely. Um, but it's really exhilarating. I found that the more collaborative that I, I am, the better the end result, you know? Because 
you're, you're inviting people to really be the best they can be, you know, and they end up pushing you to be the best you can be. I mean, this is what collaboration is all about. It's why I didn't really, I've been an artist all my life, but I never really came into my own as an artist until I discovered collaboration. And, and true collaboration really is being emotionally vulnerable, you know, I mean, it's very risky making art. It really is. And, and so you have to create an emotionally safe environment for every single person on that set to be able to contribute the best and, and hopefully they're gonna be pushing you to be the best you can be. So it's, it's a really, it can be a very beautiful experience, but you, you, have to, you have to really allow everybody to bring their own piece of themselves to it, if that makes sense, you know? Um, and so if I see some, if it's not feeling right to me, I just, we just talk about it, you know? I, sh I share that and I say, okay, something's not working, let's figure it out. But I don't try and know all, all the answers because I rarely do, you know? And then we all sort of figure it out together. Did you have something you wanted to oh, yeah. No, I was Annoying. just going to... No, I wasn't going to go on trash directors, I would. But um, no, I, I, I truly have learned um, over the years to... Just by experiencing it, that the best directors I've worked with are the ones that don't have an ego and they don't have that sort of... Um, control freak thing of wanting to have the best idea and knowing they have the best idea. I think that openness to understand that you may not be the one with the best idea. The grip might have a, have a fantastic idea or, or, or your actor might have a great idea. And I think it may be a messier process to get there, but you ultimately find the best stuff if, if you instill people with confidence. And I think the directors I've worked with that have tried to straitjacket me in some way or come in after the first take and been like, no, 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 no I think we need to do this. It, it immediately makes me feel slightly on edge or, or that I have to kind of defend the process in some way that I need to go through. And so I think an, an openness, and I, and I love a spirited opinion. I love it, but, um, and I take it any day over a vague one. Um, but I think I like one that's willing to waver a little bit because who knows, you know, and that's the, that's the fun part of it. Um, I'll tell you one favorite director moment and it happened to a friend of mine. She was doing a scene. She finished her first take and she heard this, cut, hate it. <laughs> and she went, what? And he went, hated it. And she went, hated, hated what? And he went, what you did, hated it. And she went, how is that constructive? And he said, I hated it, do it again. That's a bad director. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> the film opens in June. Go see it then. Thanks, guys. <laughs>